You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Jane Moreau, the former Chief Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of Brown Foreman for nearly three decades. We catch up on what it was like to be a female trailblazer in this particular space for this particular industry and the time that she had with Owsley Brown Frazier, the advice that he gave her as a friend and a mentor. The Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. You know, Jane, I'm so curious. When you started in the business, I mean, you were at KFC before. I mean, you you weren't yeah. small beans ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I've, back then, though, when you started within the industry, KFC to Brown Foreman, did it dawn on you, oh, wow, I'm like one of the first women to be in this role or did you just go into it and just do your job? Or did you feel that that yeah. that weight a little bit, that importance? Yeah, honestly, um, I didn't realize the significance until probably halfway into it. So halfway into my career in terms of here I am, I'm one of the first because I did look around me and look up. And I was in a very male, it didn't matter which place I was at, KFC or, or um, Brown Foreman, very male dominated, certainly from a certain yeah. level up in an organization. And um, it just didn't dawn on me. And I think it's because of the way I was brought up. I had three older brothers and uh, I thought I was one of them. <laughs> and so I was very competitive with them all the time. And I think I just was. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to win. And it was more of a, you know, for me, competitiveness. And I didn't think of it as a female gender thing until Mm -hmm. halfway into my career. And then I realized how very important it was and what um, I could do for other women besides myself, of course. At Brown Foreman, um, did you always have just a passion for that specific brand, tourism, bourbon industry? Was that by design going into that position or was it just because it was in the financial space? Um, Another one of those, it was a great company, a fun company, a fun industry. Um, I knew of some of the brands, of course, before then. Um, And so um, it was a great reputation here in Louisville. And so it was more that. And then of course it was the finance role I was going to, but more than anything, it was known to be a great employer, culturally would match my values um, and what I wanted in a company and just fun all around. Yeah. Oh, it had to be fun. Yeah. But you had many fun derbies. Many, many, many fun They derbies. do derbies differently there, don't they? Like it's derby. It <laughs> it's is. It's a season. Absolutely. I say uh, I will never get to experience derbies like I did at Brown Foreman. They were super, particularly after some of the uh, expansion that uh, Churchill keeps, they keep expanding, but we uh, finally got a suite at the uh, derby and and, uh, uh, by some of our investments that we made to a sponsor like Woodford Reserve is the Mm -hmm. sponsoring brand of the derby. And so um, getting to do that was like, really special being a part of of uh brown foreman during that time and being part of uh the brand and 
it'll always have a special place in my heart for sure. And so, so will the Derby as a result. Right. Never look at it the same way again. <laughs> but I did, by the way, my first Derby was in the infield, not with Brown Foreman, many, many years ago. <laughs> you were moving up after that. Yeah. Wow. I probably I could have taken some of the Derby uh, Brown Foreman products back then and didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> You're true to the brand. Yeah. <laughs> Good research early on. Yeah. You know, I feel like during that time, well, even just in, in the last couple of years, I feel like the bourbon industry itself is just totally the bourbonism, the, the travel, everything has exploded and the interest around it. Did you begin to, when did you start to see, oh, this is more than just a great company average job. Like this is a thing. Like there is some, there is some movement around this that that is catching worldwide attention and love and it's it's going beyond a drink in a business to a brand that people want to to visit the places where bourbon comes from yeah i think gosh when i joined brand format it was very much a u.s-based company only and it happened to be a time where um actually bourbon was declining it wasn't growing in in the United States, yeah. and so as as um, as a company, we saw it as an opportunity to teach people around the world what bourbon was, what whiskey was, what Jack Daniels is all about. And so we had a thankfully a wonderful CEO, Osley Brown II, at the time, who saw had that foresight to take and teach the rest of the world what bourbon was and what whiskey was. Yeah. Um, and so that momentum teaching. Um, scotch drinkers hey there's something really great here that you can mix and drink straight up and neat in all kinds of different ways um during that number of your decade probably decade and a half um almost two decades where we were teaching the world at, besides the united states already knew it where volumes were going down um we were growing outside the united states and having just a great time so i felt that pretty early on and then when the momentum started changing in the U.S. where people were switching back from white goods, because what happened was when bourbon went down and whiskey consumption went down, vodka consumption grew. And so when it flipped, it's like generational. That's what we say. These trends are generational. Yeah. Um, we saw that trend going in the United States. It was around 2010, 2000. It was after the recession of 2008, 2009. And so... Wow, that was just great. Then here in the United States, back at our home place, um, our Woodford Reserve, we, we built out tourism there. We built a new home place in Old Foresters. So uh, built out our Jack Daniels distillery. And people then from around the world knew about us. And then the United States, of course, um, becoming popular again. So it was all this happening. And it was almost like a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, the time, I wasn't the brains behind it, but, uh, but I actually, it was from the beginning, pretty close to the beginning. It's been a wonderful, it was a wonderful ride, but for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I remember too, like, like 2010, 2011, one of my first assignments covering back in Kentucky, they sent me to an old forester opened up kind of their, I think their tasting room on main street. And it was almost a strange, people are going to come here for, and they're going to do what? And then where are they going to go? Right? Yeah. Like they were just starting to piece a lot of it together of, well, this attaches to this and, and, and who knew? 
Yeah, exactly. Actually, it was this, I should attribute this whole um, excitement around bourbon and whiskey. We call it premiumization, where people mm. were starting to drink better. Uh, to also Asley Brown II, because he's had that foresight, not only to take it around the world, but in the U.S. He's like, you know what? I'm going to build a boutique brand. I'm going to buy, I built a boutique distillery. And so we bought back a distillery we had owned years and years before um, and turned it into Woodford Reserve in Vassell's County, uh, County, Kentucky. And um, that's where Woodford Reserve started. Uh, from his thinking ahead and that was in 97 but the boom didn't start happening until two decades later for that as well but he's had that foresight so that's uh, saying you know I want this to be something that's going to be a destination I want it to be special I want it to be um he was just very creative as you can tell and I'm very passionate about him <laughs> Tell me about like I, I was curious about like the mentors in your life yeah. and you've mentioned him a couple of times and you know, a lot of people that say working with him describe him the same way as you are, you know, just is having these moments of, oh, wow, that that's visionary out of nowhere. And so what was it like working with and learning from him? Yeah, he was um, a wonderful person, first of all, always felt like um, I was respected and heard. He always asked for my opinion. My, he was asking, I'm sure, others for their opinion, too. But I was young and he was asking me what I thought about different things. I can remember going to his office. He'd call me and I'd go over to his office scared. You know, here I am, just a young kid. And he had this little stool I would sit on next to him. There was a system that I helped uh, the company create. We called it Clarity. Um, and. I'd sit there and he pulled up that screen and started asking me questions. And I described it as little Miss Muffet sitting on a topic. It was like I was down below him and it was about this big. It was a, a foot by foot size. Um, but he um, he taught me as I was going. Little did I know the questions he was asking me was, was teaching me about the business in a different way, in a deeper way than I had ever thought about it before. Um, and um, I, I always, I've, I'll, I'll, he'll always have a special place in my heart. He mm-hmm. was a wonderful, humble leader, as we already talked about his visionary um, nature of him, um, but extremely uh, strategic and, and foresight driven. Um, yeah. And, but he loved people and he, and he, he knew what it take, took to get people motivated and felt empowered. And I took a lot from him, I hope, in my leadership um, that I left behind at Brown Foreman when, the, when I finally retired last year. <laughs> so. Are there other women along the way? You're leading the way. So yeah. it's like a lot of times you probably had to feel alone in the sense of who else do I look to for support and advice? Were there other women that throughout that time you thought, oh man, thank you for telling me that, or thank you for, for pushing me forward. Thank you for, for making me realize the job isn't done. Yeah. I th- there, there were probably more men than women that took me just because of the sure number of that were yeah. above me, but I did have, and have people that would um, pull me aside, men and women. And, and I, uh, they cared enough about me. I always say the few that did uh, to tell me and give me the tough feedback when I needed it. Um, and as long as you don't take it personally, that it was, it was really always out of caring for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to push me to try better, to be better and to do better. And um, I think that uh, there were men and women like that that did it, but more men, did, like I said, just by the sheer numbers. Which that. speaks a lot to the company culture. And you talked about what attracted you to that, that quality of a great brand, a great company that there, then it's, it's seeing somebody as their equal, right? There's a little before it's time, you know, let's, let me encourage this young woman along the way is remarkable. Yeah, I did. It's funny you say that because I've, I've had remarked, sorry to keep talking about Asley, but I have told people before that before Brown Foreman started on their official DNI, DEI journey, uh, when they hired Ralph De Chabert, which was in about 2006, 2007, um, that Asley was that person. He was mm-hmm. ahead of his time as in terms of inclusiveness and really making it feel part of who he was and making therefore feel like what the company was all about. So, yeah. Yeah. So how's retirement treating you? What one year almost now, April, your first, it'll be one year in July. Um, And so it's funny. I I had this analogy that a friend told me years ago when he retired, it's like, for so many years, I was in the life is kind of like a bunch of rooms. Okay. And this particular room I was in for 30, 40 years was this big ballroom, freshly at Brown Foreman, big ballroom, lots of noise, lots of activity, dancing, fun times. Very, 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 very much a lot of activity going on. To step out of that quickly into a quiet room <laughs> has been an adjustment for me. Yeah. Um, but the lights have gotten brighter and more focused and um, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Uh, yeah, I've, I've done, I've, I said, I'm now the CFO of this house again, my house. And my, <laughs> house. my husband did a lot of that while I was doing that, but I've taken over that back and um, I'm on a couple of boards, mm-hmm. you know, one of the nonprofits I'm on the Catholic education yes. Foundation board a couple of for-profit boards that I'm on too. So that's kind of keeps me stimulated brain-wise. Are you all, uh, also on the advisory board for the UofL School of Business? Is that right? Yes, yes that's right. That's correct. Talk about a place where you can hopefully, uh, I mean, School of Business there is phenomenal. I mean, it, it really is. And in a place where um, they're just doing great things. They are. I agree. And uh, something they're starting this uh, this year for the, all the board members, which I think I'm going to love, is being mentors to um, the upper class, or really oh. to the freshmen. I, th- I think they can join their sophomore or junior year, so that's going to be fun to mentor some younger people. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely giving back in that way too. Paying it forward. Yeah. So now that you have more, um, a little bit more free time, you're booked up with boards and everything. I bet you don't have very much free time. If you have places in Kentucky that you have, you know, maybe as a, as a kid or growing up or that you still like to go to, what would they be in Kentucky? I love Kentucky. Um, there's so many places uh, that I've been. And my husband's family was initially uh, started off in Berea and yes, Richmond, Kentucky area. Um, and so that he's got family there that we go visit from time to time. Then they moved to South Carolina. So mm. he was like in the senior year of high school and they then came back to Paducah. So then I go to the Western part of the state. Um, and so uh, Paducah, we love small, quaint little town to go to. Um, 
so there's lots of places, but the place we probably spend most of our time with, um, we bought a lake house for our family about seven years ago. And it's um, on Lake Nolan, which yes. is yes. not too far from this past E-Town before you get to Litchfield. And mm-hmm. um, we spend a lot of the summer weekends there with family and friends. I can't tell you how we've had some great time since doing that. But we've also done a derby there. We've done a couple of Thanksgivings there. We've done a couple of New Year's Eve's there too. So it just feels like it's it's about an hour and 10 minutes from. I was going to say, it's not a far drive. And a lot of people are down in Lake Cumberland. I'm like, that's a haul. I love Lake Cumberland. But it's it no Lynn has been a booming place. I just think with people from Louisville that it's just close enough. Yeah. So yeah. we love it. It's beautiful down there. And it's more than anything. It's the place just you feel like you're far enough away from home. Yeah. That you're away from it and we just have had had a blast so oh, phenomenal yeah well finally what what advice would you give to to women that are maybe in the business industry looking to find that you know key like a brown foreman or a kfc what advice would you give to them that you wish somebody would have given a young jane yeah um yeah i think the way you described was i just really working <laughs> Initially, I really came in just not thinking about I like I gotta I'm gonna do the best job I can do. Which you need to do that as yeah. well. Um, but I didn't spend a, a lot of time thinking, okay, that I could do more, that I could actually be more. So having some of that confidence, yeah. really seeking some of those type of uh, opportunities out or feedback from people out, finding my people call it your board of directors, your personal board of directors. I just call it a few informal friends along the way that can be truly honest with you. Finding those folks early on that you can talk mm-hmm. to can help you through some tough situation, help you navigate, give you honest feedback. I think that's really important. So it's the confidence, it's the uh, trustworthiness, candidness of, of, of uh, people that will give you the f- uh, feedback that we all need to grow and learn. And it's not about you're a bad person. It's about Hey, just be aware. You're not self-aware of certain things, um, which I wasn't self-aware of a, a lot either. <laughs> and what else would I say? Um, always take time for yourself, though. I did not do that early on. And so in this whole situation, I think COVID, if, if there's anything that I learned over the last couple of years uh, from COVID, and I was still a Brown Foreman at the time, was I was probably one of these old-fashioned people who thought you needed to be at your desk. And I had to see you there to work all the time. And that's just not the case. And so I think that if uh, this work-life balance, I know it's commonly used, but it's more family support. If you can find that right company in the industry, and there are, Brown Foreman's one of them, um, it's important that you find that and not be afraid to say, hey, I need to go see my son's ball game or or his concert, or whatever he or she may be in, where I was scared to do those things. I think Mm. people are open to those ideas and listening to them now. Whereas when I was in the field, it was like, it's all men and their women, their their wives stayed at home with their kids. And the world's changed and it's becoming more open. And if you don't push it a little bit and ask, or not ask, tell, (laughs) and have have that, and you're going to get your work done, and just get it done on your, on the family flexible time, uh, is what I would say, and so the world's definitely changed in that uh, since I started on in my career. 
Thank goodness it has. <laughs> and have fun, by the way. If you're ever in a company where your values don't meet, meet your uh, that the values of that company are not the same as your. There's there's other in the industries that there there's there's plenty in the industry that would match that for sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Jane, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, Claudia, and congratulations to you again on Thank your you. recognition with the Catholic Education Foundation. Yeah. A very special thank you to my guest, Jane, for taking the time to speak with me on the podcast. This is my last podcast of the series in the season, but do not worry. We will be back for more before Derby 149. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers.